welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be imagineering some potential options on how to bring Luca into the theme parks. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> that was All right. very forced. I don't know if that worked, but sure. <laughs> Didn't. But it's okay. All right. All right. You win uh, some, you lose some. And uh, for the news of the week, we're going to talk about Disney uh, Genie coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland. I'm uh, going to be light on the news because we're recording this early in the week. So yeah, a lot are. of the news hasn't happened because we're actually going to be at Disney World checking out everything they have for the 50th. Yeah, we are. So, yep, when we normally would record right before the show came out. We are recording this prior to that so that we could, you know, enjoy our time at Disney. Exactly. So if you do have any questions that you'd like us to answer, because next week we will be having a full recap of what it was like for the 50th, um, all the new stuff down there, trying some of the food offerings, everything going on. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, um, send us a message on Facebook. We're Enchanted Ears over there. uh, Or head over to our website, EnchantedEars.com, and you can submit a question through there. And we'll try to answer them uh, on next week's show when we give our recap. But so, yeah, the, the big news uh, of the week, you know, Disney kind of dropped this news right after we recorded last week's episode that the Disney Genie service will officially be coming to Walt Disney World October 19th. And so we also have the complete list of rides that will be part of the Disney Genie service plus the a la carte option. So at the Magic Kingdom, the two a la carte selections are Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Space Mountain. And then what's included in the normal uh, Disney Genie Plus is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Buzz Lightyear, Dumbo, Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World, Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Peter Pan's Flight, amongst others. Uh, Over at Epcot, um, the two a la carte options are Frozen Ever After and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And basically all the other attractions there are part of the Disney Genie Plus. At Hollywood Studios, you have to pay individually for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Um, And then Disney Genie Plus kind of covers everything else. And over at Animal Kingdom, you have Flight of Passage and Expedition Everest as part of the a la carte option. So two questions here. One, which parks do you think it's worth to get the Disney Genie Plus service? And then how much would you pay for these a la carte rides? Because Disney announced with this rough pricing where they give an example that Remy's is going to be $9 a person. Uh, on October 19th when this launches, but it's going to be $11 a person on October 23rd, whereas something like Expedition Everest is going to be $7 a person, and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is going to be 15 So you're going to be somewhere between that probably 7 and $15 plus uh, for a ride. So how much are you paying for these rides? I would probably pay $5 maximum for some of the rides that I really want to ride if I haven't had a chance to ride them yet. So you'd go $5 for all of these. Except for Remy, which I'd probably pay more for because we haven't ridden it yet. But Okay, so any of these attractions on here, you're saying $5 is the max you'd pay. So basically, like Expedition Everest, if they're saying $7, you're not paying that, if that's Mm. what it comes down to. No, I'd rather spend that $7 on merch. Okay. I think it's interesting on on the pricing they listed. I think under $10 is kind of like that borderline where people may pay it depending on how long the wait is. You know, Paris has had this pay per ride for a few months now. They actually just lowered some of their prices. Um, They started out pretty high. I mean, a lot of them were like $15 to $18, and they've dropped them a little bit. So 
I think Disney kind of maybe learned a lesson there. And that's why you see some of these pricings around seven to nine dollars. You know, I, I think Expedition Everest for an attraction that's been around that long, I don't know that the demand is that high that anybody would want to pay for an individual ride on that. Um, I, I am interested to see like how high something like Rise of the Resistance goes. So if they're kind of quoting $15, I think that's probably the baseline for it. You know, over Christmas, I think that goes up pretty high. And I think that's really what it comes down to is what's the wait time if when it's worth it. I, I think like you were saying, I mean, if it's a new attraction, maybe I'd pay $10 or something to ride it depending on what the wait is. But for most of them... I think I'd either just wait until the wait times went down or yeah, maybe $5 a ride. Like I, I don't think I'd want to pay more than yeah, a $10 per ride. And that's only if, you know, I've tried to come back a few times and the weights never died down. I, I just see this as a thing that kind of targets families. You know, if you have small children and you only have a certain window to ride a ride, then you might be more willing to pay. Whereas we can kind of work around it and say, well, we know that the lines will be lighter at a particular time. So we'll just come back then. Yeah. I think overall though, you know, is, is the Disney genie plus worth it at certain parks? You know, obviously magic kingdom has the most attractions there and that's a, just a $15 a day add on for the Disney genie plus, And you can get kind of one essentially fast pass. It's called lightning lane now, but you get one ride per attraction uh, throughout the day, depending on you know what's available. That seems to kind of be worth it. I don't think Epcot makes sense. I mean, a lot of the, the other rides there don't really have long lines anyways, like Living with the Land, Journey to Imagination with Figment. Um, even Soaring hasn't been too bad lately, you know, Spaceship Earth. I really don't see you needing to skip the line on any of those. I will say that the one that's interesting is Hollywood Studios. Because they just put Mickey and Minnie's and Rise of the Resistance in the a la carte option, the Disney Genie Plus gets you Millennium Falcon and Slinky Dog and Toy Story Mania, where when that used to be Fast Pass, you could only get one of those as part of the Fast Pass. So if you got Slinky Dog, like you couldn't then get Tower of Terror or Toy Story Mania. So it's nice you can actually get all of those other ones as part of the Disney Genie Plus. So it actually may be worth it in Hollywood Studios as well. Um, again, then with, with Animal Kingdom, I really don't think you need it uh, at that park either. So it, it, that will be interesting to see of, yeah, just how people play it with what park are you going to? Do you even get the Disney Genie Plus option? Because um, I really don't think you need it unless you're maybe at Magic Kingdom. And I think it could be valuable at Hollywood Studios as well. Right now, it's because it's, this has not been something that we've had before. To me, it's almost inconceivable. I can't wrap my head really around it. But I guess it is similar to FastPass. So I think that you might be right that in Hollywood Studios, it might be worthwhile um, because there are some rides on there. Like I know in the past, we've always said that we didn't ride Tower of Terror because the line was too long and we figured it wasn't worth it. So maybe that might be now that we're, you know, I'm a fan of that ride. I think that that might be. A, play, a place that I would probably be more apt to use it. Maybe not so much the Magic Kingdom, but maybe Hollywood Studios. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this impacts people's trip planning going forward. Because again, you know, if you're used to Fast Pass, having free Fast Passes, um, and now if you want kind of that same functionality, you have to pay for it. And so you kind of have to think. And, and again, it could get expensive if you're paying for that every day in every park. So you may kind of pick and choose which parks you have that in and just how that kind of plays into 
how long the lines get, yeah, trip planning, when you need it, when you don't need it. Uh, it. It'll be interesting to see once this kind of officially rolls out on October 19th. Right. I'm sure I can see us doing an episode in the future of when it's when it is useful and when it is not. All right. So let's move into Luca. So, you know, Disney parks do a great job of incorporating fan favorite movies and characters in the parks, but they do lack a little bit in newer properties just because it takes so long to either design merch or to imagineer new lands or, you know, to actually build new lands and attractions. So, you know, newer movies aren't in the parks very much. You know, like you look at Zootopia, they're just starting to build a land in Shanghai, but movies like Moana really aren't represented. Frozen, they've done some overlays to get them in, but it, it takes a while to get these movies in the parks. And so we thought we would take a more recent one, Luca, because I think it has a lot of opportunity for uh, restaurants and attractions and just being a really interesting land and spot you want to be at in the theme park so we thought we would take that property and kind of blue sky imagineer how disney could incorporate that into the theme parks and naturally it would fit in really well in epcot in the italy pavilion you know we could just do a a massive add-on like an add-on of a land to that pavilion and it could really help you know richen up epcot because again the attractions there are still a bit light I mean, that's the first thing is, yeah, where do you put this? And I think, to your point, Italy's a a great spot. And the other potential place would be Hollywood Studios. If you kind of wanted to build out more Pixar in Hollywood Studios, there's a lot of, I think, open space in Hollywood Studios, especially kind of to the right of the courtyard where used to have the the drawing experience and some of the you know you have the little mermaid right there there's really not a ton going on over there but i do think italy is a good fit you could have an expansion kind of like you did in france where you kind of expanded behind france and you built uh, ratatouille a remy land so you had you know an attraction and a couple restaurants i think you could do that in italy as well because again, it takes place in Italy. So I think it's perfect and it kind of fits into Disney's MO of trying to bring more characters and IP into Epcot. It would be a really good expansion uh, to have in Italy. And it works well because again, most of those pavilions actually have space that we're supposed to have an attraction at it. I believe the Italy pavilion was supposed to, one of the ideas for the Italy pavilion was to have a gondola ride. So that never came to fruition. So this would be a good thing to put into that place yeah i actually thought about a gondola ride for luca i think the only problem is it doesn't take place in yeah, venice I, yeah i told you that it's not it's not in venice so yeah because essentially it takes place in portoroso which is a, a fictional village but it's essentially the italian riviera is kind of the setting so it's a, a sea town but yeah, I thought I initially thought, oh, you could do some some gondola ride because I was thinking of Disney Sea. They have the gondolas, and you know you could maybe have some Luca characters uh, in there. But I don't think that's a great fit in the movie. I think for me, thinking of attractions, I kind of thought of two potential attractions here. And the first one, and I was thinking of, I don't even know if this is possible. This would be kind of a more revolutionary ride design because it is a land and sea attraction so if if you've not seen luca um, essentially they are sea monsters that uh, change whenever they get wet so the interesting thing about the movie is it 
is it takes place dually in land and the sea. And there's a lot of scenes that, that mix between the water and the land. And I, I was dreaming up a roller coaster type ride. So it's, you know, it's on a track. It doesn't necessarily have to go fast, but it's, it's a roller coaster that essentially is taking you through settings and scenes of the movie or post movie um, with Luca and Alberto where, you know, you're on land, you're, you're in the town of Puerto Rosso, and then you dive into the sea and actually going underwater and having underwater scenes where Luca and Alberto change form into their sea monster form. So you get, you know, a, a great effect where they go from human form to sea monster form, and you kind of switch um, between the lands. So again, you know, I don't know how you would design that. You know, putting a roller coaster underwater, you'd have to have maybe some sort of enclosed. Either you go through like a tube, or you have the cars enclosed. But I think you could design a very unique ride delivery system. And again, that's what like Disney and Universal does well. They kind of take things you're familiar with and plus them and make them in a unique experience where you had that duality that would really bring life to what the movie is all about. Yeah, I think that this is a cool idea. I have kind of a, a unified idea of how I think all of this would work really well. So I think that your idea is really good. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would do something that is land and sea, though, because I see it as a triple threat kind of situation. So if you think of Luca, you think of, okay, well, they have this competition, and the competition is swimming, pasta eating, and biking. It's a triathlon. So I kind of see it as it would be really interesting if you actually incorporated those three components into the ride design. So, or not just one single ride design, but basically the small land that you have. So there's maybe a underwater ride and it could be a complete underwater roller coaster, which could be the swimming part of the ride where you are going through. I mean, in the movie, they do, um, it's just kind of like laps in a lap pool, but you can kind of go around and see some of the, you know, things that maybe Luca could see under the water if he were the one doing the swimming, which it wasn't him. It was Julie, Julia doing it. Yeah. I think, you know, having a complete underwater attraction makes a lot of sense. You, you could almost do something like they have at Disney sea where they have the, the 20,000 leagues attraction mm -hmm. where you're in a car moving and it, the, the effect that works really well to make it seem like you're underwater even though you're not actually underwater. So Disney can do that effect very well where maybe it's not part of the race, but it, maybe it is, but you could have the characters from the movie. So you could have Luca's family there through either like screens or animatronics kind of rooting you on as you're doing this part of the race. Because in the movie, he's underwater with kind of like that scuba gear walking at the bottom. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, And so you could almost have something like, hey, you're just, you know, in the bottom, you're in this kind of submarine or you know scuba outfit walking the bottom of the ocean there. And I, I think that would be interesting because, again, it's something like Disney's already done and you could incorporate you know, some of the characters and the story in there. And again, I think that's probably a little bit more doable than what I was considering with a, a dual land and sea. I also think you know what, what you're talking about 
makes a, a lot of sense because you're right. The movie kind of encompasses food already, which I think right. gives you a really good opportunity to tie in a restaurant. And then a couple of different versions of attractions. Like you said, you have a water attraction um, and then you could have a, like a biking attraction, which I think we'll, we'll, we'll touch on as well. But you know, the pasta eating I think is, is a great idea. You have a nice pasta restaurant. Everybody loves pasta, uh, especially when you think of Italy. Right. So I could see it as kind of a pasta and seafood sort of thing, maybe with a, like a, even, you know, there might be a, it might be up against the water, you know, so you can have these little tables that are against a beautiful water feature. I'm picturing like Disney Springs almost, and you can order things that would be appropriate to that, to, you know, that particular place in the world. So again, the pasta that, that her father, I, I think you really focus on pasta. Cause I mean, they, they do, I guess, catch fish. And so there is seafood, but they really focus heavily on the pasta. So I think, yeah, you could have a lot of different unique pasta dishes and almost different like sauces and kind of like creating a different experience. Uh, and you're right. It's, it's her father, uh, Massimo who serves the pasta. So you could, you could call it Massimo's or, or maybe call it right. um, Machiavelli's after the cat and, and, you know, have him as, as kind of like your mascot in there, I think would be really interesting, but um, you're right. I mean, it's kind of, it's so, it's, it's, it's so baked in. into the story yeah. that it's almost too it's perfect natural. that they that they don't make a Italian themed pasta restaurant based on Luca. But I think you were going with on the on the water like a really interesting idea. Which if they could pull this off, I think this would be incredible. Um, but a way to have kind of the servers bring you the food, right? But through the water, and and it would be cool because if, if the top part of them was human and the bottom part of them was sea monster, I mean, I think that that would be they could charge so much money. For that, I feel like, I mean, people, if you get that particular, you know, like uh, swim up service, we'll call it, I think that that would just be something that people would be scrambling to get to, uh, kind of like people are scrambling to get to Space 220. Yeah, I, I don't know that you could do that with humans. I don't know how you could make that effect work, but what I think you probably could do with some Imagineering and an R&D budget like Disney has is you have... Uh, human servers come up to you, but then you build some sort of animatronic that delivers the food to you or, or occasionally comes to you and they are like the human sea monster hybrid. So you could see kind of their sea monster tail and stuff underneath the water as they swim up to you. I think it's possible because if you would hire, very specifically hire wait staff to be between a certain height, you could create a skin almost that would fall at the water level and then that would be on a track. So they would actually not have use of their legs. The track would take them up and they would be in this thing to look like the bottom half of them, which is not real. It's not their actual bottom half, but it would look like that's their bottom half. That's the sea monster. And it would take them on the track up to the people. And so it looks like they're swimming up, but they're not. So yeah, I just think it's too hard to oh, have it'd be really difficult. I just think it's too hard to have a track where people don't have mobility i mean either they'd have to swim so you'd have to get people that you know they're they're physically swimming up to the tables or again i think you'd have to do an animatronic i don't think you can hook servers up to a track that it only goes to one point in each table and it kind of locks you in that way so i think you could do something where i mean there's restaurants or things where like people are dressed as like mermaids or mer people that kind of swim up to you you could but do there's something no way like, they could ever deliver food that way yeah exactly that's what i'm saying so i i don't know that they'd be your food delivery but i think you could build something in where you know randomly 
they come up and greet you and, and ask you how you're doing. Or again, maybe it's just, it's not the wait staff, but like you said, you're on the water and it's Luca's friends kind of coming up uh, out of the water to greet you. I, I think that if they could pull something like that off, that would be a really cool effect. Right. And then the last bit that I could see is that biking component. So, you know, you have these beautiful, like narrow Italian streets and you go all the way up to the hill, you know, in the movie that the top of the hill, that's the craziest part. And then you pretty much can glide the whole way down. And I think that that would just translate super well into a roller coaster. So that you have that that's kind of like your your big attraction for the particular section you know the underwater one is kind of almost like a boat ride and then you have the eating experience as well which is just kind of a nice cool place to see yeah i mean this is and i kind of said i had two ideas for attractions and kind of the other one is exactly what you're saying is you know, I was either thinking, do you do like a Vespa because a Vespa is such a, a big part of the story, right? Um, you know, do do you do something like a Vespa ride through the town that takes place after the movie? It's Luca and Alberto and Julia, you know, going through the town afterwards, or yeah, do you do a bike ride that is basically retelling the race? And you know, you're racing against Ercole and you're trying to win the Portoroso Cup. And I think that's probably the better one, um, you know, just kind of like what they've done with like Frozen and some of the other rides where part of it is a retelling of the story in some way. I think having a bike ride through the town provides a little bit more intrigue as well because you're racing against somebody and there's some stakes to it as well that are kind of already built in and people that have seen the movie kind of know those stakes versus just you know, a fun Vespa ride. How do you make that go wrong? Because something kind of, there has to be some sort of conflict. So I think having a, you know, the bike ride makes a lot of sense, especially if you're tying it into the whole theme of the land is kind of based around the whole Portoroso Cup and kind of the whole triathlon that they're doing. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you could do it. And in my mind, it's something like Hagrid's uh, motorbike adventure over at Universal, where, you know, that is a roller coaster where, it's like you're physically sitting on a motorcycle. So you could do something like that where you know, you're sitting at a bicycle uh, and moving through these scenes and with animatronics and screens and set pieces, it really makes it feel like you're moving through this movie um, with kind of some thrills, but still kind of in a family-friendly way. I think, to your point, that would be the e-ticket kind right. of top-tier attraction. And then you could have some sort of underwater attraction that could be, like you said, a little bit slower pace. You know, maybe it's visiting Luca's family because it's more underwater-themed and more around the sea monsters, um, which would be, I think, a really interesting place to be, almost like, a, again, like what they do at Tokyo Disney Sea, or even kind of like an upgraded submarine voyage like they do with, with Nemo over at uh, Disneyland, that idea where you're underwater the whole time, but kind of in in a you know a different mode of transportation and kind of like a, you know an elevated uh, design and set piece. I, I think yeah, that would definitely be kind of the second tier attraction. But I think all those would be really interesting um, to have. And yeah, I think overall you could build that into an Italy expansion um, and really bring in Luca and all the characters and kind of all the fan favorites. Like we said, you know, have Machiavelli the cat be the uh, the spokesperson for the restaurant, uh, you could sell a ton of plushes. 
So then you're selling merch as well. I don't know how much he's going to be saying, but yeah, I think he could definitely be the mascot. Yeah, the, yeah, the mascot, spokesperson mascot. But <laughs> but then, yeah, you could sell plushes of him and you could sell plushes of the sea monster. So not only do you have great attractions, you have a restaurant, but now you're also selling merch, um, which again, that's like the trifecta there for Disney. So yeah, I, I think this is... I looked to see if Disney has started to, to sell plushes of machiavelli yeah i don't i don't think so and that's what again it, it takes so long to design this stuff and especially right now i think that you know um yeah with supply chains and everything yeah that it it kind of it is taking a while to do but yeah. the second they have that somebody needs to make sure that we know uh if you see it before we do because i need that i need that in my life i need it in my life right now Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people would buy that. Kind I of want like, it as a pillow. Like, you know how they have in the Japan store, they have those cute little like doggy ones. I want that to go on our couch. That's a, that's a cat. And then Loki will probably destroy it in five seconds because he will burrow into it and lay on top of it and, you know, yeah, do, he does do his Loki pillows. things. Yeah, exactly. So he does does like to destroy pillows. But yeah, he nests. So he's a bird. But yeah, but I, I think that adds to it, too, because, again, you know, when Disney's looking for something, they're also looking for merch to kind of recoup money. So I think. If Italy is up on the docket soon for an expansion, I think Luke is a great fit. And I know, you know, France got an expansion because Remy fits in France and, and Disney wants to have kind of a successful IP before they build anything. You know, I think Luca did well, but I think that would make a really good fit for an IP for Italy. And I think this expansion, it's, I think it's doable too. I don't think it's anything too crazy that they could not do uh, and do very well. Right, right. I I think that that those are definitely the best fits. But I think you even mentioned this to me when we were talking about this this episode. You could also have some sort of like a a train ride through like a like a extension of the movie where what happens after the ending because of all of the things that uh, you know Alberto gets adopted by Massimo and she and then luca gets to go to school so seeing kind of updates on those characters and what's going on with them again i think you're right that there needs to be a little bit of i mean not really frozen ever after doesn't have conflict but i think that that would be interesting but not as interesting i think as some of the other ideas that we we just yeah and that's and that was kind of my thought on like the vespa attraction so it would almost be post the movie when luca's back when they're all back from school and or, it's kind yeah, of the like summer again, summer vacation yeah, and they're, and they're reconvening. And so they're on the you know Italian Riviera, they're riding their Vespa and, that they want. And Urkele is gunning for them. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Something like that. So you, you could do something like that where, you know, if you don't want to fully tie yourself into a retelling of the movie and the Porto Rosso cup, you know, you could still have an Italian restaurant because you could say, you know, that uh, Massimo, started this seafood Italian restaurant afterwards and then have an e-ticket Vespa attraction um, where, again, the friends are, are back for summer vacation and they're just, you know, zooming through the Riviera. I think that would be really interesting as well. This is an interesting opportunity, too, for Disney because, I mean, they, as far as I can think of, there aren't any rides that are sequels to the movies that don't have movies that don't have sequels. You know what I'm saying there? where the ride is the sequel not there is not an existing movie so i think that that would be kind of interesting to see yeah you're right a lot of the attractions are more like retellings of the story that's what i was thinking like under the sea with ariel is kind of more retelling of the story they don't have a i mean they don't have a lot a lot of them are based on like the animated movies um and but there's not 
a ton. Even like the new Beauty and the Beast attraction they built over at, at Tokyo Disney is basically the movie kind of over again. So yeah, you're right. It's not necessarily a, a continuation. Um, whereas yeah, that, I think that'd be something interesting where you're not just going to know, oh, I know this is going to happen. Right. Um, it's it's something new because yeah, it's kind of after the fact. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a an interesting direction that they could also run in. Yeah, but I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity to incorporate Luca into the theme parks. Right. And again, you know, I, I really think that putting it in Epcot, because I think Epcot is drastically, like, it very badly needs more attractions. I think that is the best fit. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a, a perfect fit, especially since you have Italy there. It's a it's a perfect fit for Luca. So uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you'd love to see Luca come to the theme parks or what ideas you might have for further Luca restaurants or attractions that Disney could pull in. Let us know over on our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears. Uh, and again, if you have a question for us to cover about our trip uh, down to Disney World for the 50th anniversary, you can send us a message uh, over there as well. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. Uh, it really helps us and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.